Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. I am a, a man of uh, many routines. I know you find that very hard to believe if you've gotten to know me at all. I prefer to refer to them as daily or weekly rhythms. And I'd like to provide a few examples for you. Some of you know this, some of you don't, but I, in addition to, to working at the church, I also am a full-time college professor in Kentucky. So I have two full-time jobs. And sometimes people will say to me, well, how do you do that? Aren't you exhausted? That doesn't even make sense. How do you do this back and forth? And the truth is, sometimes I am a little bit exhausted, but the majority of the time, I feel pretty good. And this is because of rhythms that I've instilled into my life. Uh, The first one that's very significant is time management, knowing that I have to use my time a certain way. And the second one is discipline. I know that there's a level of discipline that I have to practice. I have to work by very intentional calendar, which includes placed into that calendar downtime so that I can rest and I can be fresh and I can have the time that I need with my family and I can have the time that I need alone. Otherwise, being able to do this for for five years would not go over very well. It's been built over time. And every single Sunday morning, and this is the case a lot through the week, though more comes up through the week, every single Sunday morning, I do the exact same thing. And I promise this is about to get weird, okay? Every Sunday morning, the exact same thing. I wake up around 6.45, and I start to get ready for church, and Cora's getting ready around this time as well, or mom's usually helping her by this point, because she's been going with me on Sunday mornings a lot. And the first place that I stop every single week, there will never be a wrench thrown into this, is a grocery store. I stop at Ingalls in, in, in Boone's Creek first every single Sunday. And there's a reason that I do that. I'm a very anxious person. And on Sunday mornings, I worry a lot about speaking in front of people, believe it or not. But it's something about grocery stores, the colors, the smells, the people. I really like old grocery stores. But it's something about walking around a store that just gives me peace. The first thing that I do every single Sunday morning when I walk in is I stop by the floral area and I smell almost all of the flowers. Uh, My grandmother told me whenever I was young, Matthew, you need to stop and smell the roses. She said that all the time. So every single Sunday morning, that's the first thing that I do. Cora thinks it's very weird. She doesn't even want to go in after, after we've raced to the door, because that's actually something we do before that. We race to the door, and then we go right over there, and we smell the flowers. And something about that, you, it, just, it just puts me at peace. Okay, then I get my ritualistic granola and bananas that I get every single Sunday morning, And then after we leave the store, I pull to the exact same parking lot in the Ingalls over more to the side, and I pray. And this is when Cora said, Daddy, when are we going to go? When are we going to go? I'm like, please stop interrupting my prayer. 
and uh, or I'm having to hear the sound of the, the tablet, you know, really loud back there that she's playing. And then for the last time, I look over my message for the very last time before I, I share it with you guys on, on Sunday morning. Then we stop by McDonald's to get coffee and pancakes. She gets the pancakes, I get the coffee. Then we come here, and that is followed up by a whole nother set of rituals that I will not bore you with. And I promise this is going to make sense very soon. So we are in week five of six of our spring practice, which happens to be scripture. We have said that one of our four core values in our vision series, it's also out here on the lobby wall, is formation or spiritual formation. And this means to become students of Jesus. So in the spring and in the fall, we're always going to take somewhere between four to 10 weeks, and we're going to talk about a spiritual discipline that we are going to ingrain into our lives in order to be better followers of Jesus. I had told you guys last week, as we're now in this application part, that my goal is for 75% or three out of the four people that are in this church, except for, of course, small children, to be in the Word on a regular basis, and I consider a regular basis to be daily. Uh, we were talking in, in my community group last week or maybe la a week before last that you guys don't always have to come to me with all of your questions. You don't always have to come to me with the answers. None of us are ever going to be experts, but at some point you have to be comfortable with your own knowledge base and also your own application within Scripture. So this is going to make all of us stronger. It's going to produce leaders. It's going to produce greater disciples. It's going to keep you guys from feeling like you need to always look to someone at leader, in leadership for answers. You're going to gain strength in your own spiritual life. So the first three weeks we talked about learning. All right, this was to give us a little bit of background about what Scripture is. We first talked about the origins of Scripture. Where does the Bible come from? It's not just a book that fell from the sky. We talked about controversy surrounding Scripture, and this is where a lot of people in culture uh, look at the Bible today. And then in the week that I missed, we talked about context. I did a live stream, and I want to encourage you again to go back and, and listen to that. It was something that I did through the week from the office, to go back and listen to that about context. Last week, we really, as we got into application, is what we're doing in weeks four, five, and six, we talked about study. I provided you guys with some information. You've, some of you have asked me to send you some slides, but also a cheat sheet. If you are not here last week or you've already lost your shame on you if you have, but if you want another one right beside of the giving bucket over there, I've, I've placed some. So if you want to make sure that you grab one, even if it's for someone else, just make sure that you grab them. They're right over there as you leave today. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is daily rhythm. Most of you have a rhythm in your life. You don't have to be like a super organized, type A personality to have a rhythm in your daily life. Most of you get up and you fix breakfast, or depending on the season of life that you're in, you get the kids ready for school, you exercise, you go to work, you know when it's time to take lunch, you know when you're going to do this, you know when you're going to do that. And rhythms for me are not just about having downtime, they're also really healthy for my own mental health. So if you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with depression or anything like that, the more that you can incorporate daily, regular rhythms into your life, the better you're going to feel. I don't care who you are. 
So getting these rhythms in practice are going to be very important. We're going to be in the book of Psalms this morning, if you do want to turn there, Psalms chapter 1. In fact, we're going to look at the first three verses. And I, I felt like this would be a really good way for us to talk about what it means to get into a daily rhythm. Some of you are flipping in your Bibles, some of you are going through your phones. Others of you, if you want to follow on the screen up here, you can. Psalm chapter 1, and we're looking at verses 1 through 3. This is the New Revised Standard Version and I'm going to go ahead and share this. And this, this may even be a passage that you want to look at later this week. It's great. And I've used this passage in so many different ways. Actually, several years ago, I used this passage in a marriage message. So there's a lot of different ways that you can actually look at it. And that's one of the beauties of, of, of Holy Scripture. So this is what it says. Happy, that is a significant word used 44 times in the, in the um, Old Testament, this Hebrew word, but used over half the time in the Psalms. Happy are those, or, or blessed are those, who do not follow the advice of the wicked. So you have a way of deciding or choosing in your life what kind of influence that you're actually going to follow. And we're all following some kind of influence in our lives that do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seats of scoffers. But their delight or their happiness is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They, these individuals that meditate on the law, are like trees that are planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither, and in all that they do, they prosper. The theme we see in this opening of the Psalms is the value in trusting and following the law. Now, believers of the New Testament were not bound by the law as the Hebrews were but we are bound by scripture and often scripture is something that we could use in this context to understand the importance of truth. So we can view the law as a Christian interpretation of scripture. So three quick lessons that I want to give you guys from the psalmist this morning that is going to help you with this idea of creating a daily rhythm. For those of you that exercise, you know what I'm talking about when I talk about rhythm because you know what it feels like when you're pulled away from it for a little while. If you have a show that you watch every single Thursday evening, if you have something maybe on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu or Peacock or wherever, whatever it is that you might be watching, you have a rhythm in your life typically whenever you sit down to do this, whenever you cook Whenever you clean, whenever you do all of these various things, kids' activities, you have a rhythm in your life, okay? A daily rhythm of Scripture, number one, is going to bring joy. It is going to bring joy. And I believe that joy, happiness and joy are not the exact same thing, but joy that sustains itself over time is actually something that is very hard to come by. So whenever you find yourself in this book on a very regular basis, we talked about how to study it last time. Whenever you make it a practice in your life on a regular basis, I promise it is going to bring joy 
to your life. Verses one and two say this, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. There's an alternative. That's the alternative. And that's where the majority of people are. But their delight is actually in the law day and night. Now this day and night language is suggesting a rhythm is being created. A lot of people, what they'll do, and in the West, we call it a quiet time. Like I'm going to have my, my quiet time. I really don't have what you might call a quiet time, where a quiet time is often a time that is reserved where there's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, something like that that we spend in scripture. One thing that I try to incorporate and do, sometimes if in the morning I'm only spending a little bit of time in God's word, I like to return to it later in the day. Or I like to at least have something from that morning that I can continue to go back to throughout the course of the day, therefore creating a more sustainable rhythm over time. And this is what this day and night language means. So this Hebrew word that we talked about that's invoked is used 44 times in the Old Testament, and over half of its uses are used in poetry or used in the Psalms. It means happy, or it means blessed, or it means in the deepest possible sense what we're talking about as joy, real joy. So please understand that happiness or to feel good in a moment is more of an emotional state. Okay, your kid does well on a test, you feel happy. You get a promotion at work, you feel happy. There's some kind of an accomplishment, accomplishment, or you notice that you've got money left over or whatever that looks like. That might mean for a period of time you're happy. That's an emotional state. But this is more a state of being. This is what this literally means in the Hebrew. It's a state of being when you rest upon something and within something followed by obedience, which is what we're going to talk about next week with application. So you go here when you're having an argument with your husband or your wife, you go here when you know that you need to make a significant decision. You go here when you know that there is a problem in your life and you receive joy when you recognize what we're going to look at in just a minute, that you can be planted, that there are going to be streams of flowing water, that your life is going to be rooted in something other than yourself. It's a foundational place that you can be every single time, and there is overflowing joy that is here. Not long ago, a couple years ago, we went on vacation to Maine, and it was, a, <clears throat> it was a very good vacation, but it was a very busy vacation because Cora was very small at that time. My grandmother had, had went with us on this vacation, so a lot of our vacations, you know when you have small kids, they're kind of really not vacations because you're having to sleep in the same room as them every single night and you're having to get them ready and get their clothes changed and get them fed and do all these things on a vacation. And then also I was trying to have breakfast with my grandmother in the mornings because I lived in Kentucky at the time and I wasn't really getting to see her a lot. I was running in the morning. I, I, I try to consistently run on vacations. So I was running by the beach. The point is this, I was out of scripture for like four or five days. And even though we're in a, a beautiful place in Kennebunkport and, and everything's going great, Beth starts to notice that I'm just, I'm irritable. I, I, I'm not in a good mood. I'm saying things that I probably wouldn't say otherwise. And it's like, I recognize, I recognize that I've been away from scripture. 
And it's one of those things when you're in scripture every day where you say, well, I got a little bit busy this morning, so I'll make sure and do it around lunch, or I'll do it this evening, or, or, or later in the afternoon, or I'll do it before I go to bed, and it kind of just wasn't happening. And it was affecting me. It was affecting me, and it was affecting my joy. And I'm going to be honest with you, and I love every single person that's in here right now, but I want you to hear this, and I want you to hear it very carefully. I don't know how a person calls themselves a person of faith, a believer, a Christian, a follower of Jesus, whatever you want to call it, and spends any significant time away from God's word. I do not understand that. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. So in the past, whenever I've evaluated leaders, or I've talked to different people in this church, or my former church, or people that I know, and I'm like, because this matters to me, what does your time look like in the word? What are you reading right now? And so, I'm going to be honest, I just kind of got a little lazy, and I'm not doing it like I should. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in it. Because I believe if you can parent in an effective way, from a, from a spiritual, faith-based standpoint, and you can make decisions that are going to put others before yourself, and you're going to have the temperament to deal with people that you generally would not like, that you can't do that apart from God's word. Something starts to happen within you. You know, it's not just like, a, I missed my morning coffee. Or I, I, I like chocolate after I eat. I didn't have my chocolate, so I'm a little bit irritable. No, it, it, it affects you in an incredible way. So if you're in here right now and you call yourself a, a follower of Jesus or a Christian because 19 years ago you said a prayer in such and such Baptist church, but this is not something that you regularly engage in and everything's okay, and that's like not a serious problem for you. I, just, I don't know what to say about that. But I, I don't know as far as, like, as far as like something here that is tangible, that we can actually physically touch, this is what we have. This is what we use. This is what we use when we make decisions. This is what guides us as far as how we treat other people. So this, I'm just getting a little bit lazy. I, I need to get back into it. I just don't understand that at all. But also a daily rhythm is going to bring security. And how many of your lives, especially with the world that we live in right now, need security? Verse, the first part of verse 3 says this, People who keep the law or scripture are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield fruit in its season. And isn't that what we're supposed to be doing, yielding fruit? Isn't that our responsibility? Isn't that why we exist to yield fruit? I'm, I'm driving a few days ago down by the Jack's uh, trailer park. I can't tell what side of the building I'm on. I think down in that direction. And, I, and I'm just praying for those individuals uh, that live there as we're able to start summer ministry. And that we've got so many exciting things to talk about with this church. You guys, it's, it's going to be great. But just praying for those individuals that we can be deeply rooted there and see the seeds of the gospel planted among single mothers and people who are in deep places of struggle. Experts are telling us now, and I listened to a, new, a newscast on this podcast on this the other day, uh, that anxiety 
is becoming what we would call an epidemic. Anxiety is now the most common mental health disorder there is affecting over 40 million Americans, and it's especially high for those who are 30 and under. And I think the tragedy in all of this is that most people suffer alone. Like a lot of these individuals do not seek help uh, through speaking with a therapist, through going to a doctor, through, through seeing someone, maybe a pastor or someone that they can trust. They're not seeking help. They are suffering alone. And I told our leadership team recently that I'm not, and, and this may be controversial, I don't know if it is or not, but I'm, I'm not as concerned about where the world is right now um, with, with masks and not masks as far as COVID is concerned. My, where my concern is as a pastor are for the individuals that's lives have been completely changed from a mental health perspective, that even as this thing slows down and eventually slows down more and more, that's lives are always going to be the way they are now. I have a great fear that we are among a lot of people who are going to almost in an agoraphobic way not want to leave their house as things start to get back to normal, or that people are really going to struggle going into public places, or that people are really going to struggle being around other people. So we could talk for a little while about what, what things have done to our kids and how it's been more difficult for our kids to be home and some of the mental health statistics there. But I'm very, very concerned about, a, I think, a large segment of the American population that are absolutely crippled by fear and will take this into the future as this pandemic becomes less and less and less of our central focus. That's really where my heart is right now and where my ministry is. And really, what do we do when we look at that and we focus on that and we're burdened by that? We know that there are truths here. We know that there are promises here. Or whatever it is that you might be going through, because we all go through extremely difficult seasons of our lives, that there is security here over and over and over again. And I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but I've told you guys in the past, if Beth and I got in an argument, if I had this issue, if I had that issue, I'd go to the bar. It was the first place that I went or to the liquor store. Scripture is the guide now that I go to every single time. One thing associated with anxiety that we constantly see, and I say this because it's a rhythm in our lives, most of our lives, especially those under 30, is social media. People are on their phones all the time. Think about it. You wake up, you go to social media. You're standing in line somewhere. You're waiting in a, in a fast food line. You go to social media. You're bored during someone's sermon. You go to social media. We go to social media all the time, and it's, it's, it's playing a rhythm in our lives. And here's the point. We don't necessarily have to do away with social media, okay? But when Scripture becomes a rhythm, it should outperform the comparison, the perfectionism, and the worry that is often correlated with social media. So Scripture offers many places to go for security, whenever we make the decision to make it a rhythm. And then last, a daily rhythm of Scripture is going to bring prosperity. It's going to bring prosperity. So please don't think whenever you hear this, if I read the Bible, I'm going to get rich. If that was the case, we'd have a little more money, Beth. 
And a lot of you would too. So that's not exactly, now it can be, but it's not exactly the kind of prosperity that I'm talking about today. Second part of verse three says this, those who spend time in this book, those who make it a point, guess what? Your leaves, they do not wither. In all they do, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it feels like suffering, even when it feels like great loss, even when it feels like the world is going to hell, you prosper. And some of you know that because you have walked through those difficult seasons and this book has been your medicine. This book has been your priority. This book has been the first place that you choose to go. Any form of prosperity that you find outside of the life of Jesus is a false prosperity. Please keep in mind, we're not talking about riches. We're not talking about wealth. And I do believe in those kinds of blessings. I really do believe they exist. I'm just saying, don't count on them. You know, every single time you may be in Scripture. I firmly believe that people who are deeply rooted and planted in Scripture are the richest people in the world. I believe that with all my heart. So speaking of rhythm, all right, I have another, another story that I'd like to share with you as, as, as we get closer to closing. For years of my life, I would wake up around 5 a.m. and run seven miles. And I did this four or five days a week. Any, any weather except for rain, because I absolutely hate rain, but cold, snow, anything like that, I did this for a long time. And I've never in my life, in my mid-20s and into my late 30s, felt as good as I did at that time. And then, as some of you parents know, Cora was born. And all of a sudden, our rhythms, because Callie at this stage was eight or nine years old, she was doing for herself. Rhythms that we had were turned upside down. She was not sleeping well. She still doesn't sleep very well. And so that kind of messed up that rhythm. Three years later, my son Levi is born, and that rhythm is completely gone. So now whenever I run, I might get about two miles and then I'm walking, you know, a few hundred feet and then I'll run again and then I'm walking a few hundred feet and I can't seem to get back in to that rhythm. And there are no more eight minute miles or anywhere close. The result, I'm 10 pounds heavier I asked Beth this morning, I said, Beth, I feel like I can't fit in my clothes. Is this shirt popping out? No, you look fine. Shut up. My discipline overall is weaker. And I'll just be honest with you. I don't don't feel as well. In 10 days, I'll be 40. I love Amazon gift cards. I'm joking, sort of. I don't feel as well overall. Overall. It's the same with a rhythm of Scripture. It has to be in our lives. It has to motivate everything that we do. 
It has to be our go-to in every single situation. As you say to yourself, well, I'm very busy. I've got a lot going on. I, 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 don't, I don't have time for that kind of thing. I don't really know what time of day is best. Just a few points of application. Because last week we talked about study. We gave you guys a cheat sheet. We talked about really easy places to start. The first thing that you need to do that we've already talked about, develop a rhythm. All right, develop a rhythm. What time of day? Don't focus on 15 minutes, 30 minutes, two hours. Don't focus on anything like that. But with the tools that we gave you last week, and you can go back and listen to the podcast if you want to, develop a rhythm. For some people, it works really, really well early in the morning. That used to be very good for me, but as some of you know, this season of life with a, with a five-year-old and a two-year-old, it's really, really chaotic and difficult to do. So I found that my sweet spot right now is about 10 a.m. when I've left the house and I'm in this office right here and it's really quiet or I'm at the, the coffee company in Elizabethan, or if I'm at Southern Restaurant, and I've got a big omelet right beside my Bible, and I can focus on what God wants to say to me that day. And I'm going to tell you something. If you say that you're too busy, if you're too busy for God, you're too busy. You need to check your screen time. You need to consider your priorities and you need to look at where you are in your daily life. So be thinking about that right now, developing this rhythm. What is a good time of day for you? What is a good practice for you? Listen, three out of four people, I know I'm not talking to some of you because some of you already have that rhythm, but some of you don't. And what did we say was the number one indicator of spiritual growth? Time in this book. Helping other people, servanthood, hospitality, it's great. Prayer, wonderful. Fasting, needed and very special. This is the number one indicator of spiritual growth. Number two, don't expect enlightenment every time. And this is really discouraging for a lot of new Bible readers because they're gonna start a plan or they're gonna read a little bit of scripture and they're gonna say, I feel nothing. I didn't get anything out of that. Join the club. There's been times I've been in scripture a week, two weeks, three weeks, and I just feel like I'm going through the motions. And then all of a sudden one morning, Something tense is going on. And I know that I have to make a decision. And I open up Jeremiah, whatever chapter it was, just a few days ago. Right now I'm reading through Jeremiah. And God is talking about the disobedience of Israel. And some of you will recognize this passage, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, he said they looked forward, but they chose to go backwards. And in that situation, it was like my heart was full of something that Jack Kerouac or E.E. E. Cummings or whoever I've read could have never given me. And I'm like, okay, 
I can take another step. If you're, if you're gonna guide me, I can do it. Can't do it on my own, but if you're gonna guide me, I can do it. You see, the, 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 the boring or emotionless times that you're in scripture that feel like a waste of time, do you wanna know why it's not? Because you're developing a rhythm. You're getting in spiritual shape same way that you do, and you don't necessarily have to do these other things every day. You should pray every day. But Jews still to this day fast two days a week on Wednesday and Fridays. We should incorporate other spiritual disciplines into our lives as well. And that's something that we'll talk about uh, in the future. Number three, don't beat yourself up. You rule followers, you type A people, don't beat yourself up for missing a day. We all miss a day. We all get really, really busy, and sometimes you might miss two days. But don't beat yourself up. But number four, get this. Beat yourself up if you miss a week. Because when you miss a week, or you miss 10 days, and that turns into a month, you're out of rhythm. You know what it feels like to get out of rhythm with exercise? You know what it feels like to get out of rhythm with a good diet? I can tell you as a former smoker, it was not that hard the first time I tried to quit, but then after I started back, it was really, really hard to stop. It's the rhythm. And do you know if you look at creation, even in the Hebrew, the word, that, the way that the language goes, which we miss in the English, if you look at Sabbath, six days off, uh, six days on, one day off. Six days on, one day off, you know what it is? It's a rhythm. Everything in the story of God is a rhythm. But I'll tell you what else is, as the psalmist told us, whenever you follow the other way, as Jeremiah says, you choose to go backwards, that is a rhythm too. Pay attention to what's in control. Father, we come to you this morning grateful for Holy Scripture, grateful that you still speak in the 21st century, grateful that as broken as we are, we are still able to be made right. Father, my prayer for us as a church, for those who are struggling, for those who are hurting, Father, for those who have fallen out of rhythm, for those who have never started, that we find that. And God, though we need accountability from our brothers and sisters, there has to be a point in which we let go of that hand and know that this is something that we need for ourselves. So I pray, Father, through, through the, the boredom, which sometimes feels like a prerequisite for the spiritual life, through the difficulty, that we build this rhythm within our lives. We ask these things in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.